0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Down the block, man. Inside for Elvin. Elvin will score. Elvin will score. Utah. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Little review of the uh, Round Three opener between the Parramatta Eels and the Brisbane Broncos today. Just a few of our takes from the game. Um, the guys that impressed me from the Eels, and no, there was four that really impressed me, and a fifth which sort of flew under the radar a little bit. But he impressed me more than anyone else on the field. That was Mitch Moses, and I'll go into a little bit more detail why Mitch Moses impressed me last night. For the Broncos, obviously, usual suspect in Payne Haas had an absolute cracker of a game. Katoni Staggs also impressed me. Uh, I'd be starting to use him in a slightly different way if I was the Brisbane Broncos. I'll dive into that. And just the general gameplay of how Parramatta went about uh, their footy last night. And I think there's a lot of lessons that other teams can take from what Parramatta did last night. I think also a lot of lessons can be learned by other teams. And... You know, I think Parramatta can learn some lessons from themselves about how they approach the game. You could see them in the sheds before. They were bright and bubbly and confident. Little, uh, little Dylan Brown giving a wink to the camera as he ran out. That's the sort of team Parramatta is, and they need to own that brand. That is who the Parramatta Eels are, and they need to play like that and come out with that sort of swagger in every single game. Hope you enjoy this one. Let's kick it off. Footy's back as of last night, and what a cracking way to kick off the season. Parramatta and Brisbane, uh, Parramatta got the chocolates last night in a win, and I think uh, the biggest winner of the night was the NRL. The new rule changes they've put in, you know, as I said two weeks ago, they're going to change the game. We are an entertainment business, and what they've done here is they've made Rugby League more entertaining. Fortunately, we're now in the era of highlights. We've got Twitter, we've got Instagram, you've got short snippets of 20 to 30 seconds of highlights you want to see. You never see highlights of wrestling. You see tries, you see your attacking players, you see your Dylan Browns, your Mitch Moses, your Anthony Milford, your Brodie Crofts, your Clint Guthersons, these sort of guys. The NRL has to be changing the game to suit the superstars of the NRL. And last night showed that these rule changes absolutely nailed that. You've got to remember, these guys have come off two, three months of no footy, no training together, very little ball work. And they put on a first half last night that was just about at origin pace. It was incredible. Imagine in a few weeks' time when they have match fitness under their belt. Rugby League in 2020 is going to be amazing. For me last night, the most exciting thing about the game was when they would blow six again. It would mean that normally you'd get a penalty. It means the game stops. The defense gets a little break. The halfback walks over, gets the ball, kicks it out, makes 20 odd metres there. He then has to wait till the ball comes back, tap it when the referee says the defensive line is all set. They're back in their structures. It becomes a training run routine for them. Now it's a split second decision. Bang. Six again your defence is already in tatters because the only reason why the attacking team gets a penalty is because they're on the front bo- because they're on the front foot in attack they're winning the ruck you're now actually rewarded for winning the ruck by getting to continue to play footy and what happens when there's a split second decision and you get six more tackles the attack goes into instinct mode. They see opportunities. The defensive heads, they go down, and your blokes like Dylan Brown, your blokes like Mitch Moses, Reed Mahoney, Clint Gutherson, they look up and go, sweet, let's play eyes up footy. Let's take on tired defenders. Now, as the season goes on, the defense is going to get more and more used to this, but last night, you could see in that first few set of six, where I think Parramatta got two six games in a row, Brisbane were out on Their feet. They didn't know how how to respond to it. It's not very often you have to make 15, 16 tackles. It was early in the game. It wasn't in the 70th minute. It was in the first 10 or 12 minutes. And Brisbane were out on their feet and they are a fit football team. They are a big side, but they are fit. And it showed how good this rule is going to be. It means that guys play eyes up footy and that is exciting. I loved the look of the footy last night. The footy was great. But I think the thing that I loved the most about last night was that when they were calling their six again and it's play on, the commentators don't have time to stop the game, go back and replay, and we watch it in slow motion, and everyone decides, should it be a penalty, shouldn't it be a penalty? We make the decision, we move on. We don't talk about it again. We move on, and we enjoy the attacking footy that comes off the back of it. Brisbane didn't get that many 6 skins last night because they didn't win the ruck. Simple as that. They weren't going forward like Parramatta was. They should have been with their team, but that first 10 and 12 minutes took all the gas out of Brisbane, and Parramatta deserved to have that advantage for the next 80 minutes because they played strong, middle third footy and took advantage of winning the ruck in the first 10 or 12 minutes and gassed out the Broncos. This rule is fantastic. It allows exciting footy and we're not spending Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday bitching and whining about referee decisions. We move on and we focus on the footy. This is where Rugby League needs to be. And we're back. It's been 67 days. Welcome back, rugby league. We've missed you. I think last night it was blatantly obvious before a ball was kicked that the, uh, the two change rooms were complete opposites. Brisbane's change room looked very tense. Parramatta's change room, the complete opposite. Laughing, giggling, high-fives, smiles all around. They were excited to be back playing footy. They looked confident. Parramatta are a confidence team. I've been saying it for the last two years. When they're confident... They're extremely hard to beat. You'll notice when Brisbane ran out last night, all stern faces, no smiles. Their mind is on the job. Parramatta run out, giggles smiles, Dylan Brown winks at the camera. They bleed confidence. And when they're on, like they were last night, they are incredibly hard to beat. And you saw that confidence and how relaxed they were, come out in their footy and it paid dividends. My worry with the Parramatta Reels, and I stand by what I said at the start of the year, I still think they're a year away from being a proper premiership contender. Are they going to be able to come into a game against the Roosters, against the Storm, come finals time, with that relaxed sort of attitude? Because that's not the Parramatta Eels we saw run out in the final series last year against Melbourne. It was against Brisbane when they put a cricket score on them. And they run out against your Melbournes, your Roosters. They're a different footy side. They need to own who they are. They are a confidence footy side. That is their brand, and they need to own it, and they need to enter every game with that exact same attitude that we're going to score you off the park and defend our asses off. Because if the same Parramatta that shows up against 14 other teams, essentially except the Roosters and Melbourne, shows up in this year's final series, they are premiership contenders. I still think they're a year away. But there were some guys in that side that really impressed me last night. Brown, Paulo, oh, four guys that really impressed me for the Parramatta Eels last night. The first one was Clint Gutherson. He might be the fittest bloke in the NRL. He was incredible. The amount of yards that guy covers without the ball in his hand defies belief. He is just everywhere. Whenever there is a half opportunity, Clint Gutherson is within a few metres going at top pace. I can understand why he's the captain of that club. He is effort, built on effort, built on effort such a classy little fullback. It's unfortunate for him that he's come along in an era of just incredible fullbacks like Roger, Teddy, Tommy Turbo because he is one hell of a footballer. The other man that impressed me, obviously, was Dylan Brown. Um, took the line on. He's Considering how old he is, vision and his select passing game is incredible. He j- he's he got so much in his kit bag, and I can't wait to watch him evolve over the next few years. He is going to be an all-time good footballer, in my opinion. He is fantastic. Uh, one of my favorites, obviously, Ryan Madison. He was fantastic again. He's the sort of guy that with this new rule, he um, he wins the ruck. He always finds his elbows and knees. That's if he doesn't offload. He's just a brilliant footballer. He's got state of origin written across his forehead. I've been saying it for two years. It's got to happen this year. He's got to play Origin. He is brilliant. The other man that really impressed me last night was Junior Paula. Uh, He won the ruck early. It was him that really, you know, he only played 55-odd minutes, but in that first half, he won the ruck for Parramatta. He was fantastic. He took it to the biggest, baddest forward pack in the NRL, and in my opinion, he came out on top. He's one of these explosive front rowers that every single team needs if you're going to be successful in 2020. Yeah, Moses, short ball Madison, beautiful pass break. Oh, ho, dazzle dazzle from the Eels. The man that impressed me the most last night was the Eels' halfback, Mitch Moses. Uh, you know, I saw, on, especially on my guru page, uh, a lot of people giving him crap comparing to him to the game that Dylan Brown had. What I think a lot of people aren't realising is that, you know, the opportunities Dylan Brown had, he only had them because of the platform that was laid the halfback Mitch Moses he had you know he didn't have a highlights game last night like Mitch normally does but he had a traditional halfbacks cracking game he led the team around he put them in the spots they needed to be he got them to the parts of the field where they could take advantage of the Broncos right side attack they were obviously targeting once Alec Glenn, Alex Glenn went off the field and that's Dylan's Dylan Brown's job to execute those plays out on the Eels left edge What? What Moses did last night, it's the sign of him maturing as a halfback. Now, Moses has got an endless amount of skill, endless amount of ability, and sometimes for young halves, it can be a curse. Because guys like Moses, when you've got that much ability, you always want to go for the big play. And Moses has grown up playing junior footy, going for the big play, and nine times out of ten it coming off for him because he's an, he was an absolute prodigy as a young bloke. He's now got to learn in the NRL how to control the game. And sometimes the best way to control a game is to not be touching the ball as much. And that's what Moses did last night. He played a fantastic half game. He is maturing. He's taking his game to another level. He knew last night that all he had to do was get the ball to the right spots and get the ball in Dylan Brown's hands with time. The old Moses would have held that ball forever last night and tried to pull all the plays off himself. Less is more with Mitchell Moses as he grows as a halfback. back he is developing into one hell of a seven, and the sort of seven that the Parramatta Eels, with a 5'8", like Dylan Brown, are desperate to have. His combination with Madison is going to be one of the best halves to second rows combinations by the end of the year. He is growing so much as a footballer this year, and I can't wait to see where he finishes. He's paying us. <laughs> With an offload to Croft, quick hands away. It's play on here for Gatoni. Stays, at it. Gets away from Sivo. Stays, here comes Brown. Dust well to For the Broncos, I thought some of their standout performance, obviously Payne Haas as per usual, put in an absolute shift last night. Played 80 minutes, 200-odd running metres, a heap of post-contact metres, tackle breaks, offloads, and he made 50 tackles. Incredible for a guy his size. I able to do what he can do. He blows me away. It worries me in a game like last night that Seabold uses him for 80 minutes. I mean, they were well and truly out of that game with 15 to go. He finished the game with two interchanges up his sleeve. I don't quite understand why you would leave Payne Haas out there. I'm worried they're driving him into the ground. Might be a match fitness thing. I'm not sure what Seabold's thinking there, but if I had a a once-in-a-generation talent like Payne Haas and you're down by 20 and it's the first week back and you had two interchanges up your sleeve, I wouldn't be leaving him out there. I'd be getting some of of the younger blokes out there and get them some experience, but each to their own. He is just an incredible athlete in Brisbane can build a team around him for the next decade. He could be, in my opinion, he's going to be the best front row we've seen. It's very early days, obviously. But he'll be interesting to watch. The other guy that really impressed me was Tony Staggs at right centre. Um, you know, he's just he looks so fit last night. He's so strong. I think one thing that you saw last night that Parramatta did really well with your Madisons, with your Michael Jennings, your Sean Lane, they used these explosive guys out on their edges and turned them under, whether it was Dylan Brown or Mitch Mousers, they turned them under and they sent them back in into the center third of the field. Now, when you do that. If Moses takes the ball out to an edge, the defense slides with, with with Mitch Moses. He's the man with the ball. You turn the man under, you send them back against the grain. You've got these explosive runners going back against the grain, back into the center third. What they tend to do, a bloke like uh, Ryan Madison, for example, he normally gets chopped or he wins that tackle. He goes down to his elbows and knees, he gets a quick play of the ball, and then you're on the front foot. And that's part of what Moses did so well last night that I think Brodie Croft has to start doing more with Katoni Stags and with David Fafita once he gets back. You saw the try that Michael Jennings scored last night coming against the grain. He looks so dangerous because he's one of those speed, explosive footballers. that they need to be doing with Katoni Stags, in my opinion. Watching that game last night, I would have been tempted to uh, move him to lock last night because every time he touched the ball, he was just winning the... He was just getting over the advantage line. I would have seriously considered moving him into the middle to give them a little bit more spark. The Broncos last night, they've copped plenty of shit. Um, I personally don't think they were as bad as what the scoreline was. I think you've got to remember with that Broncos team, they're still missing David Fafita. They're still missing Tevita Pangai Jr. And I think last night was literally the perfect storm. They came out against the Parramatta Eels side that didn't make a mistake for the first six or seven sets. They got a heap of um, six again rulings that went their way. It was the perfect storm for a big team like the Brisbane Broncos. They did not get on the front foot for the first 20 minutes and the game just got away from them. I don't think they're going to play many teams. They're going to complete seven from seven sets to start the game and have one set where they get, I think it was two um, set of six restarts again. I'm not going to go too harsh on the Brisbane Broncos here because once again, I think it all stacked up against them and it probably, the opening 20 minutes, probably couldn't have gone worse for them. And I mean, they went in halftime, I think down by six, Considering all those things, you know, I don't think they did too poorly. They were just out of gas in the second half. That was it. When Parramatta get confident and they're on a roll, not many teams can stop them. I feel really sorry for them last night. They lost Alex Glenn. Huge loss. They left a big hole in their right-hand side defense, which Parramatta just took to school and really took advantage of. The one thing I will say about the Broncos, I think Seabold needs to look at how he uses his interchange. He could tell his team was absolutely gassed last night and he finished the game with interchanges up his sleeve still. Once again, it might be a match fitness thing. He might be trying to push them and test them. I don't know. It's certainly not how I would have gone about using my interchanges in a game like that, that his team was on the back foot from the start. They needed fresh men around the ruck to try and keep up with the Parramatta Eels who were confident and absolutely humming.